Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today, I have a um, uh, guest. It's I think he's unique because uh, Brady has has is started with jujitsu and has now moved into wrestling. He, he got a, a Division One wrestling scholarship. Uh, he's wrestling for Davidson next year, and uh, I think that's really unique because I was part of kind of the first generation of wrestlers who got into jiu-jitsu. I would say I was, you know, maybe one of the first of that that era, you know, back 20 years ago. And uh, now we're starting to see, uh, or at least Brady's a great example of someone that went the other way, right? They started with jiu-jitsu as a, as, as a kid and then went into wrestling. And he's uh, exceptional because he's done really well at wrestling, even though he, I would say, kind of got a late start. I mean, we're, we're in a hotbed of, I would say a world hotbed of wrestling and here in here in the Pittsburgh area uh, Pennsylvania in general but especially south southwestern Pennsylvania world hotbed of wrestling and you have the it's it's an intense sport it's just as intense as you know high level little league high level soccer if you're not familiar with wrestling and people start early and they uh, they they compete intensely very early and the parents are sometimes very uh, um, very vocal and very involved in their their children's uh, wrestling careers. So, um, you know, and I started relatively young. So, so Brady, let, let's start there. When when did you actually start wrestling? I signed up my eighth grade year. That was my first year. So eighth grade. That that's a. It, I mean, that's a very late start comparatively. Now there 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 are, have been some people who have started late and done really well. But that that's a late start. Um, I feel like you know from the uh, amount I've I've watched your wrestling career and and you know talking to uh, Michael, your dad that's here right now with us, uh, you've gotten a lot better at wrestling just recently. I mean, I'm talking about after you graduate. I mean, you had a great high school career, but uh, can you? How do you feel about that? About your rate of improvement in in the sport of wrestling right now? Uh, honestly. I think it's just putting myself around the right people who know how to, like, not only technicians, but do the right things outside of wrestling. What What are some of the, well, first of all, let's let's say, what are some of those things that you're doing outside of wrestling that are that are helping you make these rapid improvements that, I, that we've seen from some of your competitive performances and also that people have been telling me about? What, what, are, what are some of those things? Can you give a couple examples of that? So my club and Jim Akerley really focuses on being a good student and person before being a good athlete. So I think the, that mindset is really just makes you a better person. And when you're a better person, makes being a wrestler easier. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of great coaches and I know Jim Akerley personally too. Uh, I, I actually wrestled for him for about a year and a half in college. Um, but, uh, and he's a family, a friend of, uh, somebody else who's on the podcast, actually. Uh, he's, he is, he was a college wrestling teammate with my uncle who is, uh, uh, a Navy SEAL among other things and a wrestling coach who has been on this podcast. So, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that's important. And I think some of the other coaches that are, well, probably the best example is Kale Sanderson, right? He's the most successful division one coach really puts a high, uh, an emphasis on that about the whole person and how that everything kind of reflexively helps, helps the other things. Um, what about the tech, the technical part that you mentioned? Uh, what, what are some of the 
tech, you know, and, and this everybody listening to this probably has some familiarity with wrestling and jujitsu and things like that. What are some of the technical things you've been working on that have been helping you lately? Recently, I've just been trying to open up my uh, neutral a little bit more. I've been working more on my feet just because I felt like that was a soft spot in my game. Because I really only had like funking and defensive wrestling from the feet. So I'm trying to add on more attacks and a, a more aggressive style on the feet. So offensive, like like shots, like mm-hmm. attacks like that. Yeah. yeah. Where do you think that, do you think that scrambling, that funk that you talked about, do you think that that came from a natural ability? Do you think that, um, and, and where I'm going with this is I, I, I personally think, see if you agree with this. I don't want to don't want to put words in your mother influence you, but I know when I stopped wrestling and started jujitsu in you know after I finished my university career, I feel like my wrestling scrambling ability improved quite a bit, especially in those transitions from the feet to the floor. Do you think you think your years of of jujitsu helped helped you with that particular aspect of wrestling? Yeah, so jujitsu is really good for helping a person understand their body positioning, and I feel like that's real crucial for scrambling and funking and all that stuff. So just you know, having body control is really important, I think that's what helped my funk, as well as just having a talent for it. What's, what's one of the biggest differences as far as the feel when you're training wrestling versus training jujitsu? Can you talk a little bit about some of those those differences and talk about you know you can you can take this any direction you want but i'm i'm thinking more of the uh you know you're talking about body it, did it give you a broader perspective on different there was more more variation in positions um it, what 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 are your thoughts on that yeah so um jiu-jitsu definitely has a lot more i don't know if techniques the right word but definitely a lot more positions and um I don't know. It's hard to explain, but jujitsu, there's just a lot more. So you, you have to think a little bit more. And then once you get to a point in jujitsu where you don't have to think, you're just going. I feel like that's when you really start to excel. And I'm starting to get to that point in wrestling, even though it's like not less technical, but there's less positions you're work, working through. Yeah. So that's interesting. <clears throat> let's let's uh, you think and, and I think I would agree. I think wrestling it's not quite right to say it's less technical because wrestling is extremely technical. Um, it can be, it, but I think the breadth of things that you can do in jujitsu or a submission grappling environment is a little bit increased, right? Like, like you don't have submissions in wrestling. The con- the con- even the con- continuity of of continuing. There's less breaks in the action, I think, as well. I think that's another part of that. Um, is that is that what you're talking about about that that idea that can build you know just just get you exposed to more various positions is that is that what is that right is that a yeah like way you understand jiu-jitsu is a lot i would, I would kind of like slower where you can control the pace especially in the gi but in wrestling it, it's it's kind of less controlled so yeah. and then there's obviously stops in wrestling where you get put in a position and you don't have a choice Jiu-jitsu, there's none of that. So you kind of have to have more control in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So what about the difference between, like, let's compare, let's let's just make another, since we're kind of on this theme, let's make another comparison between folk style and freestyle. How would you, how would you think about those two different styles of wrestling that you've competed in? As far as on that topic, like you mentioned the idea of control, you mentioned 
how many different positions there are, uh, the feel of it. What could, could you talk about those two, the differences and similarities between those two a little bit? So I'd say freestyle is a lot more open than folk style because folk style, there's top and bottom. So if you're on top, at least for me, you're, you're not doing much down there. When I'm on top, I'm trying to be a, a wet blanket. You're you're just stuck there. But in freestyle, you only you really don't get those positions. So it's a lot more action in freestyle. Less, I'd say, less control. Yeah. So, so what would you do? You think which one feels more like a submission grappling, in your opinion, like freestyle or folk style wrestling? Uh, honestly, I'd probably say folk style. Yeah. Just yeah. because there's more, like you said, control. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think the the you know your your work positionally in jujitsu does mimic a lot of the same work you would do from a top ride in in uh, wrestling, right? For particularly folk style, um, and I think like the people that he wrestles with, all of them to a person will comment about like Brady's like a piece of gum stuck to the underside of a bench hmm. if he's riding you. Like you're not gonna get out, right? Um, the difference I think there is like you might be looking for a turn versus uh, you know uh, maybe wrapping up to take the back or or a submission or and then the use of his feet I think is not so common necessarily with wrestlers the awareness that you have another two limbs that you can use to control somebody yeah um, kind of how I see it yeah that makes a lot of sense and I think I think that's something that I gained as I you know at the last twenty plus years of of jujitsu. Um, I was I like to I, I like to use leg riding when I wrestled, but I have a more dexterity, more um, I don't know. Maybe you could could you maybe articulate that better? I'm I'm kind of struggling. I, I I think we're we're thinking the same thing, but how do, how do you how do you think that that has changed your ability to use your legs? Like what your what your dad just mentioned? Yeah. So. I'd say the best way to ex- describe it is that I have active feet. A lot of wrestlers don't have active feet. Mm-hmm. So I'm all, always using my feet as like hands. I'm using my feet to grip things, to I just using them in various situations to help get out or help keep someone down, maybe execute a takedown, stuff like that. And what do you, this is kind of a similar, since we're, we're on this, uh, gi versus no gi jiu-jitsu. Which one of those two do you think if there's a difference, just in your own mind, uh, what do you think one or the other allows you to develop some of that active feed and that awareness more, or do you think they're similar? What, what were your thoughts on that? I'd say they're pretty similar. The only difference is in the gi. You can have grips in the on the gi with your hands, so it's easier. Like when you have those grips, it's easier to control them, so you can get your feet hooks in. Sometimes in no gi, they're just slipping out. Yeah. I think there's, in some ways, with the gi, this is you know my opinion maybe, but I think it, it makes the bottom position even more powerful because mm-hmm. like you have that connection. And that's what your, your dad was just mentioning, how you have that sticky connection in wrestling. And that was the first thing that you really got good at, right? Like like the, the, the mat wrestling. And that's all about connection and like what jujitsu – shows and in the gi if, if anything it i mean no gi forces you to use different holds and really be have awareness of that but gi is a great you know you, it's very easy to connect with somebody and, and use your feet and your hands in conjunction with each other 
a little bit easier maybe even a nogi in some ways well, you can you can create different lines of tension right yeah because like you can have a collar and a foot in the hip so you can push and pull at two points yeah that's a great Where, like, way to in say gi it. is like yeah you might get a collar type but it's not the same as that push yeah. pull you can get from a collar grip right so you can use your legs in your upper body without the gi but it's a little bit um, different. It's a little bit different, in, and it's a you have those less lines that, like what you just mentioned, as a great term, like lines of tension running through the gi. Uh, you know, for example, if you grab a sleeve or sometimes a lapel, you can have a tension running through the whole back shoulder line, and and that, and then put your foot then on the shoulder on the on the bicep or the shoulder, mm-hmm. and that that just teaches some of those. You know, I think I think you start to feel that connection early. Um, a lot of our kids. So you start. When did when did you start jujitsu, Brady? Do you remember like what what year? How old were you, more or less, when you started jujitsu? I was about six. Wow. So you, yeah, you started. Even, you might have started. Well, I've been around wrestling all my life, but you might have started jujitsu before I started wrestling. I think I started around seven or eight. Um, but uh, we train almost exclusively with the gi, especially with our our children when they're first starting. Um, I think. Uh, what are your th- general thoughts on gi versus no gi? Which one do you like better? Which one is which one do you have do you enjoy more now? Honestly, it probably depends on the day. I feel like when I'm in a gi, it feels more like more traditional jiu-jitsu. Like I'm going to jiu-jitsu class, I get excited about that. And then other times it's like I want to do no gi just cuz I want to beat someone up, heavy hand fighting, and then, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You can heel hook no gi, stuff like that. So Yeah. I yeah. feel more brutal when I'm out of the gi. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of brutal, I got to bring this up. Uh, we were we one time we were in uh, one of our our kids' classes, and in in our strip district location, the parents sit like right on the one edge of the mat that's open. We have walls on all the other sides, so the parents are all sitting there. My son's in class. Um, are you going to remember all this story? Because there's a part of it you may part of it. I'm not going to remember. <laughs> you guys are going to have to fill in the part, the one part of it. <laughs> I'm there. We we for a while it was Mike uh, Wilkins and I would teach the advanced uh, youth class, and we were both on the mats. And I was I think we were wrestling around or something with Brady, and I was kind of like not paying attention to what I was doing, and probably enough. And Brady had me in a tight uh, uh, triangle from the back, um, and I just went out cold in front of the parents. I mean, I'm snoring and shaking on the mat, and and everybody, you know. Okay, you you fill in the rest of so, it. <laughs> so Sage and I, Sage and I, Dan, we're yeah. sitting up against the mat. We had just got done training. Yeah. So we were just sitting, kind of chatting after training and uh, watching you guys teach. And you were working on rear triangles and like uh, defenses on it. So you asked Brady to demo on you to you stop the class to like show something about like do this, and you like tried to shrimp down. In the rear triangle, and it just latched up tight. And obviously, Brady was <laughs> and I think I was much uh, smaller than yeah. Than I, mean, you. I mean, he was a kid, um, still a kid. So it's probably like say, having right? a couple ropes around your neck, right? <laughs> yeah. And so Dan, Dan looks at me, and he kind of sat up, and he looked, and we couldn't see you. So you were, we could see Brady's back. Yeah, but we saw your hand just kind of like lay down on the mat, <laughs> and Dan's like, "Hey, he hits me. He goes get Mike, get Mike." 
So I said, Mike, check check on Warren. And he walked around to the front of you guys, and he, like, shoved Brady off you. He's like, Brady, let him go. <laughs> and he kind of picked up your feet, and, of course, you came to right away, and you were like, what happened? <laughs> I, and I remember the first thing I, I saw, my my son, was Jake, was standing over me. He was like, you all right? And I was like, yeah, I think I'm all right. <laughs> you, but, you said something like, I tapped, and Mike's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Yeah, I don't. All even, the parents had eyes the size of saucers. It was it was entertaining. Yeah, that was great. I was. Um, I I didn't even remember whether I was teaching or whether we were just rolling and just kind of moving around. But I, the last thing I remember, I was looking at another group of kids, whatever they were doing, and the next thing I knew, it all faded to black. So. Yeah, I think I think we were doing like live at the end of advance or something. That's what I thought. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we were we were supposed to be rolling, and I was. I was kind of like, you know, you were really small at the time, and I was kind of like looking around, and and you just latched it on, and now we know, and the, the parents got a graphic demonstration that this stuff actually works. <laughs> you got up and you're like, and as you can see, this really works. Highly effective. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that was fun. Um, so let's let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about uh, your wrestling career going forward at Davidson. Can you talk a little bit about? Um, what you're looking for, what, what, what next year is going to look like for you? Next year, I think is going to be a, a turning point for Davidson as a program. Coach Carter did a real good job at, um, this year's recruiting class, the incoming freshman. It's even got some, um, pub- publicity from SoCon network. And, uh, yeah, I think with him and Eustace and the incoming freshman, I think the team's going to start to look a lot better. And then as an individual, um, it's going to be rough. I know that, but obviously I'm hunting for, uh, all American the next four years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think you, like you said, like we talked about before, uh, maybe, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. What, what improvements have you seen just in the last, I guess, since the end of the season, even what, what are you seeing in, as far as his wrestling improving? So the, 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 the main thing just as it's kind of like to step back conceptually and because I've had the privilege of watching both the jujitsu progression and and now wrestling it's not just opposite in time it's opposite in function so like he learned wrestling yes but he learned from the mat up mm-hmm. where most people learn wrestling from the feet to the floor yeah right yeah so like and he had he's very fortunate he had a highly intelligent coach um bill evans over at cv that recognized that as well and said well you know, this is the horse, we're going to ride it, right? Now, yeah. not to the exclusion of, of course, getting better at the things you're not, not super proficient at, but um, I think he's widely recognized now at the end of his career as likely the best rider pound for pound in the whip yeah. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. to, to your point, this is like the Dagestan of American wrestling in this area, right? Yeah, and you could almost um, even argue that, I, I mean, this is probably, Dagestan's great. Chechnya has a great areas. Georgia, there's yep. a lot of great wrestling areas over over in that part of the world. Um, I would say Western Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania in general, is at least equal to any of those areas. Yeah, honestly. I mean, there's yeah. no other single region taking on an entire other state. Yeah, as like a, yay, this will be a fun event at the end of the year, right? Like right. the, the oh, dapper. You're talking and, about the dapper Dan. I yeah. mean, that's the incredible amount of talent here. Um, so that's just for the people that don't know what that is. The dapper Dan is a thing where. Uh, Pens- traditionally, there was Whippeal versus Pennsylvania, so they take you know some good guys from this this 
micro part of region of Pennsylvania, I guess, and wrestled a, a lot of good guys from the state. But they would also take the best guys in the state of Pennsylvania and try to match them up with the best guys in the country, in the United States. And, you know, and, and from even from a, a even more bird's eye view, the United States is one of the best wrestling countries in the For world. For sure. You know, and it's, it has been traditionally, right? Like, you have Russia, you have the United States, you have Japan, Turkey, Iran, uh, you know, that, are, that have always been, and then the, the various Russian Mongolia, the various Russian, you know, influenced areas and republics and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, the United States is right there. So back to this Dapper Dan, what that is is, they, they they find the best guy they can find or that's able and willing to do it from the United States and wrestles the best guy in Pennsylvania. And this has been going on for many, many decades. Yeah. And traditionally, I, I don't know if it's flipped since then because I honestly haven't followed high school wrestling for quite a bit, but it used to be that Pennsylvania won more than they've lost. I know in recent years that's kind of gotten flipped Yeah, the, the rest bit. of the country's catching it's up. It's catching for sure. up, right? But, but traditionally, Pennsylvania was such a... Uh, uh, an area with such good wrestling that they were able to win more than they lost. And this mm -hmm. was, that was still true when I was wrestling 25 years ago. Uh, so, so yeah, that, 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 that gives you like some idea of, of the level. I think the other, the other thing that I see mirrored in both sports is uh, it was tough at first because um, you know, Brady from, from like youth days of jujitsu, he, he liked to play guard. Yeah, you, you can't play wrestling from your back, right? So that was different. But what was kind of universal across both was um, like people that train for any significant amount of time, you, you start to recognize you hit these plateaus where you feel like, oh, I'm not getting better. And you, but the guys that stick with it know that will pass. Yeah. So this, I watched the same point. thing happen for him in wrestling. Yeah. But he already knew that by the time he started. So that was a little bit of an advantage to know, like, yeah, I know I'm behind, but. I also recognize this as a war of attrition, yeah. and eventually I will get there. So he never got discouraged about, oh, I lost to this kid that maybe I thought I was going to beat. or it was, it was always about that incremental, cumulative improvement over time. That's a great point. And I think, I, I think this is another thing that, that jiu-jitsu you know, and, and wrestling going the other way. For me, I, was going, you know, I went the opposite direction. But uh, you know, I think even more so the way we structure our jiu-jitsu our youth jiu-jitsu program, it makes uh, it makes the students coachable, right? And, and absolutely true. And, and they trust the process, right? like what you just talked about. I mean that that's experience that even though he didn't start early in wrestling, he got this experience where you know he trusted the process and he he got over those sticking points, right? So well, and he's fortunate that you know. Let's be real here, like all of our the top teachers he had through youth and now even now if he goes and gets coached in jiu-jitsu you guys are all have wrestling influence heavy wrestling influence on our stylistically right yeah so like I it's mean, not like he didn't have coaches that knew wrestling before he started wrestling right and, and i think that's a a really important distinction to make if if there's other jiu-jitsu school school or, or other other people going into jiu-jitsu for wrestling um any anything's going to help but i do think that's really important our school uh, you talk about like Mike Wilkins was yep. a, was a good wrestler, great wrestling fan, and very good wrestling coach. He coached wrestling in high school for many years before he you know was fighting and things like that. Um, I was I, I wrestled for Lehigh University. I was a Division One wrestler and a high school wrestler in Pennsylvania. Uh, we have some of our other coaching staff were wrestlers as well, and I and I think that that 
just the awareness of that, the awareness of having that stylistic influence, that definitely makes a difference for sure. Um, but that said, uh, you you mentioned both both of you mentioned before about playing guard, right? Uh, we emphasize in our youth program. We actually, even though I love wrestling, that's what I'm known for. Uh, when I've done seminars, it's mostly been feet to floor type of thing uh, in jujitsu. But I emphasize guard play first, as a especially with the children. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, I think I think that that. There's a couple things. It, it teaches you, going back to another theme, to wrestle people with your legs, right? Like, um, do you think, uh, Brady, that, that 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 how do you feel about starting with with the guard as a kid? I mean, you're looking way back now because mm-hmm. you're six years old. But do do you and 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 like your dad mentioned it, you like to, you like to play guard. A lot of mm-hmm. our kids are like that because that's how we start them out. You know, uh, so what what are your thoughts on that about starting from a guard position in jiu-jitsu? So when I used to compete, I don't know if I will um, compete in jiu-jitsu again. If I do, I'll probably pull guard. So that just shows my love. Even though I'm, uh, I'm uh, I guess, a good wrestler now, I, I would still pull guard. So, yeah. That's, that's interesting, yeah. What about without the gi? Would you still pull guard if it was no gi? Oh, yeah, I'm sitting right away. Really? Yeah. That's that that is that is uh, surprising. Um well, we'll we'll have to check back with you in a couple uh, after a couple years of college wrestling when you as you're developing those skills uh on your feet, you know, that's that's uh you may you may uh change that around. Although I think I think, you know, this melding of wrestling and jiu-jitsu that's happening particularly with Atagi, obviously, uh is you see that a lot. Like you look at, for example, like some people in our extended team, like the new wave guys, John Danaher's guys, we were just, we were just down, uh, training with them a couple weeks ago with one of our other, you know, youth students that came up and is now a really good jiu-jitsu competitor. Uh, I was there with him training at new wave with John Danaher and they put a big emphasis on the feet to, you know, they don't, they don't, you don't call it wrestling because it's a different sport, but they feet to floor, you know, and, and uh, I think the jiu-jitsu people are getting better at that. Um, but that said, I mean, if you're a Division One wrestler like what you're going into, after even a couple years of that, you're going to have so much more ability and experience and takedowns. That I think it's very hard. It's it's not that they can't catch up because there's tactics and and other things to to look out for, but as far as pure take ability to take offensively take somebody down, it, it's going to be very, very hard for jiu-jitsu people that didn't have that experience to catch Well, and the, and the setups you pick up to do that in wrestling, right? Yeah. That's far more intensive. That, like the hand fighting yeah. you learn. Um, that's an area. Different. That's an area where, although the rule sets are different and, and they're, they're definitely, you know, it's not the same sport in some ways. But that technical aspect of it, the hand fighting and setups are, in my opinion, much more technical still. I mean, again, that's changing, but they're still much more technical in wrestling. Mm -hmm. What would you guys, would you guys agree with that? Yeah. And it's it's much more aggressive. Jiu-Jitsu, you're kind of like playing, making grips, finding what you want to do. Um, If you really want to get into action, someone's sitting. Yeah. On the feet, you're like, unless it's like a Rulatuo brother or something like that. There's not much going on on the feet. Yeah, and, and I think part of that, uh, there's two things going on there, I think. You guys can speak to what your opinion of it is too, but I, I think the two things that are going on are the length of time that, mm. that the matches, generally jiu-jitsu matches, 
are a little bit longer. There's there's often less um, pressure from the referee to create action. Like wrestling's all about, particularly mm-hmm. in freestyle, but even it's even a sprint. it's a sprint and it's an offense is so rewarded, right? Mm-hmm. In jujitsu, that's not so much the case, mm-hmm. right? particularly particularly from from the standing position, right? That's it's almost like an, there's an, this expectation that I don't I don't think this should be, but there there's sometimes there's this expectation. Even the rule set in the last uh, who's number one, I saw they were they were like putting people down to mm-hmm. create if it got boring. And while I get that, I mean I think that's a mentality. Jiu-Jitsu's like, well, the, all the good action is going to happen on the ground. I don't think that's necessarily true, but that's been traditionally something but, like mm-hmm. you highlighted. I think some see. of it's like like you're getting at it's rules induced. It's right? rule set. Like if you rewarded induced, yeah. a, a if you rewarded a takedown in jiu-jitsu with the same amount of points you gave a back take, yeah, probably more people probably be trying to get takedowns, did. right? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, there's the risk versus reward, um, like people like to equate pins with the submission as yeah. like ways to end matches. There's less threat of a pin if you try to shoot on somebody and take a takedown than there ever will be of say getting guillotined because sure. you got your head outside or yeah, right? yeah. So the, the, I think that's a big thing with with jujitsu. Like the reward of getting a takedown is there is reward. There's points in some rule sets. Some rule sets there's not even points, so it's mm-hmm. almost. It's almost, and I think that's like the who's number one. I think that that's where you see some of that, like where it's like, why even try to get a takedown? Yeah, it's when, disincentivized. Yeah, there's no yeah. reward for it. But, um, you know, like there's some rule sets like ADCC where the highest scoring move movement you can do is a takedown to like a side control or a mm-hmm, mount. Mm-hmm. Um, but ADCC has a weird rule too, where where it's not a takedown if you can go to a turtle position, which is like a referee's position. Uh, what what rule set, Brady, in jujitsu did you do you and did you enjoy the most, kind of competing in? So mm, that's a tough one. I'd probably say ADCC, just because although there was like. Um, more traditional like closer to wrestling um point system i feel like it wasn't because of that i feel like it was more because it um it was more focused on submission yeah yeah and you like that you like the submission aspect what about pinning in wrestling how do you you're a pin do you like you like pinning people yeah I, i i mean obviously if you can end a match early end it early but i like just I like pinning mostly because I'm going to be on top, and I, I like brutalizing people before I pin them. <laughs> well, that's you know a lot of a lot of uh, well going back to a, a John Danaher talks about that with submissions. Uh, one of the big one submission is fatigue, and and he also talks about it in a context of wearing somebody down, right? Like they choose to tap because, I mean, anytime you tap to a joint lock, it's somewhat of a choice right and mm-hmm. and a lot of times people give submissions like from mount because they're like what you just said you're getting brutalized and you just give up and like mm-hmm. you know you're not getting out and it's miserable and you just you get a submission that's kind of the style that you like to employ in wrestling mm-hmm. right is that something that you would employ in your jiu-jitsu style too is that did you think some of that came from jiu-jitsu or did that come more from a wrestling I think it came from wrestling, but I could like the la- the last uh, competition I did for jiu-jitsu was like about two or three years into my wrestling, so I I kind of adopted a more aggressive jiu-jitsu, and I remember um, it was either my first or second match, I clubbed the guy hard from the feet, and they stopped the match <laughs> to give me like a minute warning about being being too aggressive, yeah, too rough. Yeah. So like in wrestling, that would have just been like keep going, like that was just, that was great, give it back to him, but yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think those are two different aspects of the sports too. Um, wrestling has a different attitude and mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, what What do you th- can you talk a little bit about about con- compare contrast? Not maybe not so much like one's better than the other, but just some of the differences you see in the uh, maybe the training mentality, maybe the. Uh, uh, and maybe maybe even go into if, if you want to take it in this direction like like how um, how they've helped how each one of those mentalities maybe has influenced your approach to the other sport or vice versa. Can, mm-hmm. you, ta- can you talk about that a little bit? So this might have been because I was younger, but jujitsu was a lot more laid back. Like it was, you came in, you drilled, maybe you rolled around at the end, and then you went home. Wrestling is completely different. You go in, you get a good warm up, make sure you're not going to get anything hurt, and um, then you you get hard drilling in on your own, and then they bring it in, show a technique, you do that for a little bit, and then it's live. And then after live, you do conditioning, and after conditioning, you t- you do a partner stretch, and then after that, you can go home. So it's a, it's a lot longer too, I would say, training, and it's a lot more intense for wrestling. And I think I did start to bring that intensity over jujitsu when I start when I train. Uh, and I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I just I just think if they're not giving the same intensity, it it makes you feel like you're doing something wrong. You don't have hobbyists in the wrestling room. I, right? I think, you know I what think, I mean? Yeah, like, I, that's a point I was going to bring up too. You know, and and that word is like. You know, some people like it, some people don't. I, I had a, one of my students just say, "We're all hobbies," and I think that is some somewhat true. You know, like, but but I think that that is the real. You know, when people talk about, I think there's a there's some rule set in the nature of the sport too that that has. You know, jujitsu's traditionally been a longer match, even in a sports setting, and then there's the attitude about you know the old, very old school like Gracie family that's like a no time limit kind of thing. In jujitsu, right? Like, it doesn't matter how long it takes. It's a war of attrition. You know, you have the the Hicks and Gracies that talk about that and the Helio and stuff. But, but I think also what you just brought up is a big thing. Like, most of the people in your when you started in jujitsu, even in our school where we have a lot of great competitors, we have a lot of great youth competitors. Um, but the majority of them are either complete, you know, hobbyists for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. or they or they compete very casually right mm-hmm. whereas wrestling it's not like that at all yeah. and especially if you're in western pa right like that's serious all you're, the time. it's a serious sport like we i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast it's it's it, the parents are very intense the 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 just the community is very it, it's it, i and i think that's why it's a hotbed because people treat it as a is a very important and very intense thing and and jujitsu i think is there, there's good aspects of that, of of being more relaxed, um, and there's good aspects of being intense. Like I, you know, we've both been through both of them, and I think what what do you think about technical learning in a less intense environment? Do you think there is a benefit to that? Yeah, I think honestly it's needed for jujitsu because it, there's a risk of injury, um, especially when you're training submissions. So. I feel like it's important to That's be point, yeah. more casual when you're training jujitsu. But I, if if you think about it from like an outside perspective, it's kind of weird. You would think the ones that are going out there trying to hurt each other are training more intense, but really it's the wrestlers that are just trying to pin each other that are training like 
the most intense. Well, I think you're right too. I didn't think of that exactly, but I think that's that's a good point you just brought up is like um, because we're doing things that can, you know, we're we're simulating or going to the very edge of seriously injuring somebody or even strangling somebody. Uh, you have to have a certain level of of respect for those, which causes you to be maybe dial back the intensity a little bit you know yeah i mean imagine if you taught rear naked chokes like you taught a lift on a high crotch right just yeah just rip it man everybody everybody's gonna have you know sore wind nobody's gonna be talking the next day yeah like yep that's a that's a really good point um well i i guess we didn't i probably didn't introduce him properly but uh michael's been talking a lot and i I wanted to kind of ask you a question here specifically as a parent you got you got Brady early into jiu-jitsu. I know, you, Michael, you've trained jiu-jitsu uh, for qu- many years and, and are really familiar with that yourself. What are your thoughts as far as, I guess, advice, if you want to take it in that direction or or whatever, of, of getting somebody into a sport uh, and having them have longevity in it, having them continue with it, having them whatever it is, maybe continue with jiu-jitsu, maybe go into wrestling, maybe maybe they want to be a, a high-level competitor like Brady in, in wrestling or jiu-jitsu. What, what's your advice for parents who, um, who, who are maybe have younger kids and are thinking about starting that journey? Sure. So as you know, Warren, I actually have four children, right? So none of them do the same sport. So I think the first thing is like Brady didn't become – a grappler and you know whether you want to pretend like wrestling or the jiu-jitsu context um because we predetermined that as his course right um brady was a bit of a handful when he was very young um we lived in southern wisconsin and so as you know there's there's limited sports for a child that age through the winter right yeah so we thought well Let's get him to martial arts, right? So that it happened that the closest place to us was a Gracie Baja um, jiu-jitsu gym. So we started doing that. And I think because he's a pretty rough and tumble guy, um, he kind of liked this idea of like, oh, there's this place I can go and it's okay to uh, put my hands on somebody and wrestle around and, and do that in a safe way. And so that was initially how it started. Um, now, p- the pursuit of that over time is entirely up to Brady. Um, you know, he played soccer when he was young. He did some other things. Um, but if you know how like intense he is now, nobody ever tells him, Hey, get up in the morning and run five miles. Like nobody's doing that. Right. Um, and I think that's, you have to give the credit for that to the individual doing it. That has nothing to do with me. That's him making a choice. I'm going to get better at this. I know these are the extra things I need to do. So I'm going to do it. Right. The other thing is, um, and this was probably the hardest thing for me to learn, is like, and, and I'm still not 100% good at it all the time because we're all fallible, but let coaches be coaches. Just love your kid. Like, you, you you know, you don't need to be up in your kid's face as soon as they lose a match you thought they should have won, you know? Um, and I still don't know I, that I deal with that all the time. Brady probably has some idea or comment on that, but um, I try to, like, not talk to him right after matches. Um, you're, if that's your kid and you love them and you're actively participating and getting them places and you're around the sport and you can tell by their body language, their facial expression, how they're feeling to a certain degree. So I tried to let him come to me. 
Um, there have been times where he got mad at me because I didn't say anything. Like, why didn't you tell me or what, what did I do? You know, um, and there were other times where I knew I had stepped over the line, like uh, even something as simple as like the way you respond with your body language. Kids see that, right? Mm-hmm. Shake your head after a match and give the di- disappointed dad look like that affects them. Um, I think fortunately, Brady and I have always had really good uh, open relationship where we've talked about those things. Um, but I think his advice is those two things. Like, it's not about forcing any one particular path on your kid and just love them for their pursuit, whatever that ends up being. Yeah. Well, that that's, that's yeah, that's amazing. And I saw it in action. I've always, you know, I see you and kind of from peripherally, like, and, and see how you're always, you're always kind of in his corner, but I never felt like that, like you were pushing him. But you're always very uh, active and help at facilitating getting him to the jiu-jitsu gym and, and without pushing too mm-hmm. hard. But pushing and, like, I don't know, I, I just thought, I always thought you did a great job. I think there's that. a, like, balance between, like, teaching your kids what commitment means. Like, yeah. if you're going to commit to a team, like, we're at least going to finish that. Right? Yeah. Whatever the length of that commitment is. Um and yeah, that, I'd be lying if I told you there weren't days, especially not so much now, but like when he was younger, it's like he'd rather sit and play a video game. And it's like, no, it's Tuesday. It's four o'clock. We need to leave. Yeah. Right. So to your point, there has to be, there's some balance there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. And, uh, um, well, let's, uh, I want to, I want to finish up with Brady. Uh, do you, I, I'd, I'd like you to talk a little bit about, your co- you know, I know you have had a lot of coaches, a lot of me- different mentors yeah. that have made a big difference for you. Um, I just wanted to see if you could talk a little bit about uh, one of them that I know. I know Mike Wilkins has been always been uh, um, pretty active with with your jiu-jitsu career and even wrestling too, to some degree. Uh, could you talk a little bit about Mike and and what he's what that's helped, how he's helped you, or what that's meant to you as far as uh, your career starting in jiu-jitsu and then going up through wrestling. Yeah, so uh, when I first joined um, your gym in the Strip, it was um, above the donut shop. So yeah, I joined there, and uh, the first person I met was Mike. And right off the bat, he put me under his wing and just, he honestly treated me like I was his son. And like when you do that, to me at least, it's that's a lot of loyalty that I give back. And uh, ever since then, he's been a coach, a mentor, um, honestly, just like a person I've looked up to. So yeah, he's a. He, I'd say he's more than just a coach at this point. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that, and and I think that helps. You know, just just somebody that's gone before, somebody that loves the sport, like Mike. No, you know, there's. I don't think I don't know anybody loves wrestling more than Mike. I don't think and I know a lot of great Royal. At least at least more than him. And uh, and he's also you know he's done it all. He's been an MMA. He's a good professional MMA fighter. He was a, you know involved in wrestling. He was you know now a pretty good jiu-jitsu. You know I think a nationally ranked jiu-jitsu competitor now. So uh, so you know um, that that's that's really cool that you both found each other and we're able to kind of go through the many years too. This is, this is not something mm-hmm. like, you know, there's a relationship of many years. And I, I know Mike did definitely did guide you toward wrestling. Cause he, yeah, he did so. for sure. <laughs> um, he, he was pushing me honestly, since we, we were in above the donut shop yeah. when I was like, like, I didn't even know what wrestling was. Yeah. He's like, we're going to get you in wrestling. We're going to get you in wrestling. And then seventh grade, I don't know if I just missed it or I didn't want to do it, but I I didn't sign up. And then eighth grade, yeah, it was like, 
it was a big moment because all the wrestlers knew me because I was a grappler already. I had um, my fight to win the matches, so a bunch of people watched that from my school. So I was like, everyone was watching me in the launch room. I go up, sign, and yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't it's know one how of those many people know things. too, like the, the amount of those guys that have traveled around just to be there and watch Brady. Yeah, right? oh, I know. Vince yeah. and Dan and, and Mike and, and big trips too, like go to states with us. And, yeah. Um, it, it's a family. Yeah. Like, there's no other way to put it. It's 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 a family. Yeah, I know that gets, you know, thrown around that word, but it's, I, I think, you know, and, and not every, we're, we're a big organization and we have, you know, we have thousands of students now, I guess, but we, uh, we're, um, you know, not, it's not everybody's the same, you know, you can't pay it as much attention, but, but it really is like, if, like you said, it's a two way street to loyalty. When you commit, then, you know, we have people and, and, we all have we have the same goals we love love the sports and the arts and uh and i I think that's that's really great i think your story is one of my favorites of of people coming up in all these years i've had this in pittsburgh um i partly because i like wrestling a lot too and and partly just because of what you just said you know i see i see the support in both ways going and it's really just a cool thing it's really what i want to be about what we want to be about at, at uh stout and uh um, I think that's a good place to, to wrap up. Uh, if you, do you guys have anything else? Does anybody have anything else they want to add um, before we before we sign off here today? Keep an know. eye on the SoCon for a little twenty five. We're about to make some noise. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, we'll we'll be watching. Uh, watching you guys. If you're college wrestling fans, look out for Brady uh, next season, and uh, hopefully we'll have him on podcast again after he's his successful uh after he gets some uh success in college and talk about that a little bit yeah thanks guys thank you one